Welcome to Men Talk, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of miscarriage, infertility, infant loss, and stillbirth. Hosted by Daniel Landau, founder of menshelpline.org, we'll be sitting down every week with real guys to discuss their stories, struggles, and triumphs. So grab a drink, sit tight, and let's talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Men Talk podcast. This week's episode happens to be recording during National Infertility Awareness Week. Today's guest is an author by the name of Glenn Barden. Glenn wrote a book called My Little Soldiers. Glenn, the floor is yours. You can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story and the book, and we'll go from there. Uh, hi, hi, Daniel. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, well, the, the book I wrote is, a, is technically a novel, um, but it's um, loosely based on my experience of IVF and infertility and other people's experiences that I encountered along the way. Um, I went through the process of trying to make a baby through IVF, well, eventually led to IVF after years of struggling with unexplained infertility. And it was quite a painful journey. Um, although along the way, you sort of, I think my, me and my wife coped with sort of dark comedy in moments. So, so I, I incorporated that into the book, which is why I sort of, so it is a dark comedy but um yeah i think i had to do it for my own sanity really um it's not a lot out there for men men don't like to talk about it um it's sort of the last great taboo in many ways male infertility i think um and it's, uh, thankfully that you know podcasts like yourself and the work you're doing is sort of hopefully changing that slowly i think people are ashamed men are ashamed to talk about it i think it's sort of attacks their masculinity certainly attacks mine so i understand that but i think you've got to talk about it um anyway that's sort of a brief summation of my story um, how many rounds you know going through the process and must have been, was it a shock to you having to start the ivf process having iuis and what what was your journey itself i know obviously you wrote the book as a as a coping mechanism and as a novel yeah what um what happens along so we, the way yeah so we you know i i desperately wanted to have a kid which is quite well i don't suppose it isn't an, an unnatural you know or a, a natural thing for a man to say but ma- not many men sort of express that but <laughs> it's sort of always like the woman wants the kid and you know, the man sort of all right, I'll go along with it. But I really, really wanted to have a, ch- a, a, a child. And, and I split up with my long-term partner because she didn't want to have a child. So then I found myself single and I looked for a partner and I fell in love with a beautiful woman who also shared the desire to have a child. And then we, we got married and we thought, right, that's it. We're going to have babies now. And then didn't happen. <laughs> that was a bit of a shock. You know, and then after a year, I mean, over in the UK, you have to be trying for at least a year before you can go and see the doctor and, and, and on the National Health Service and, and you're recognised as officially infertile. And then you go through a long, slow, painful process of them giving you help, but with money tight, not rushing to give you help, but 
across the space of probably two years, we had three rounds of IUI, um, which were all unsuccessful. Um, and then we had to, and then, and then it was like, right, you can kind of be upgraded to another acronym. You can go to IVF. Um, and we thought, oh, great. Well, now we'll definitely have a baby. But then we had the problem that we had to go back to, we had to go to the back of the queue again for the IVF treatment. So, I mean, the UK is fantastic because you do get things free, but you do have to wait for them. So it was going to be another year and a half, I think, waiting for us even to start IVF. So then we, so we decided to go private and we kind of you know, saved all our money, put it together and went private, went for one round. And then, um, what happened? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, oh, gosh. We ended up, uh, my wife had the, the eggs extracted which was good. And then, the, you know, my sperm was introduced to the eggs and, and then, you know, like you have these little babies, don't you? Well, I mean, they're not babies, but you know, pre, proto babies, pre babies sort of growing in the, in the, in the petri dish. Um, and then every day we sort of got a report from the hospital, you know, it started off with 24 of them. And then each day, like we were sort of dying. I think we were left with about six. Um, and then we got, and then my wife got ready with all the injections, which I'm sure you know about, you know, to get her, her suitably receptive. And then she had complications from the, all the injections. So then, in fact, it got really serious and she almost had, she had like, a, she got rushed into hospital with um, complications. Thankfully it was okay, but it meant we, then we had to freeze the embryos and then, and then after about another year for uh, my wife's body to get back, then the embryos were defrosted, one of them died, and then we eventually implanted two embryos. And we were fortunate and blessed that one of them actually worked, and we ended up with a beautiful daughter. So, I mean, we didn't have to go through lots of rounds, but somehow it felt like we did go through lots of rounds. And then we certainly went through about, like, I think it was about five years of struggles and pain and, you know, complications. So, but I know that, you know, I'm, I'm a lot luckier, luckier than a lot of other people. Um, so, thank you, science. Yeah, isn't it incredible how science works? I mean, as time evolves, treatments get better and better. But still, I mean, it's incredible how how things can be made in a petri jar, right? The, the joke is the joke is me that, yeah, these babies are made in petri dishes. Who would have thought? I know it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's wonderful. I mean, you know, like I said, like so many people's lives have been improved, and you know, because of science and the ability to have babies, where you know, like thirty years or more, you know, people wouldn't have been able to have it. Have, have to so you know thank you thank you science so much um yeah it's beautiful that it happens although of course we have to recognize that it doesn't happen for everyone and you know that, that, that i mean that that that, that could, could, i mean sort of going back even thinking about it, i mean you're so involved in it and and, and it becomes your life doesn't it and you're praying that it's going to happen and luckily we will have it but you know there's other people i know who who went through multiple rounds and spent all their life savings and it didn't happen. You know, so it's, 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 science isn't guaranteed. 
thankfully it does happen sometimes. What advice would you tell people, you know, when going through this process, the ups, the downs, but what advice would you, would you give people? Just, I just think you've got to support each other. I think that's the thing that sort of gets, you know, there was times when the, the pain and the confusion is so much, is so, is so heavy. But you sort of, you can, you can sort of go into your own little bubble of pain and grief or, and forget that you're sort of in this together as a partnership. This is a thing that you wanted to do together. So you've got to, you've got to support each other. And, and, and I think, you know, I think it works both ways. I mean, men, you gotta, you gotta really look after your partner and recognize that she is on the front line. And, you know, we, we are the, the bit players in this. I mean, it's certainly from a physical point of view, aren't we? I mean, we only have to go in, go into a room and jerk off. It's not, you know, that awful. Um, whereas, you know, the, the, the poor woman is going through all kinds of invasive kind of things and, 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 they're so brave, but you know to support them. But equally, you know, like I think the, the women got to understand that, like, but if even if the men are trying to be tough and kind of, they're probably not. They're probably really suffering inside. And, and, and one of the most beautiful things was that someone read my read my book, a, a woman, and she said that like I had no idea what was going through my husband's head, and I'm now going to go and sit down and talk to him properly for the first time ever and then she you know she said that she did and it you know it, 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 it was brilliant because it, it was suddenly so much was said that had gone unsaid so I think it's about talking and communication I mean is that did you find that easy to do Daniel because you've gone through the same process haven't you? for myself I found that yeah I mean we obviously had to go in a room and I had to give I had to give a sample but I also was part of the the, the process of, of giving a shot to my wife and I had to figure out a way how, how am I going to make that work how am I going to make her feel comfortable while doing it so we needed to listen to, you know listen to her favorite music while, while going through it and being there during the retrieval I, I, I felt like there was no support really out there aside from aside from a, a random Facebook group that I was on but really the, the support aspect, I had to be strong. I had to be there. You know, we did our part, but really being there for them and, and talking about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. You've absolutely got to be there for them. But, but you're right. But there is no support. Is it, and, and certainly going through the whole system and it, you know, regardless of when we were, when we were in the NHS and then when we went private, the men weren't really considered, you know, it's like that they, they were, they were just seen as this sort of this, well, this thing that, make some sperm that would be useful in our scientific process but it wasn't like well you're 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 a human being and you're going to have emotions you're going to have psychological issues and you're suffering as well and you and yeah i mean subsequently when i was going to i don't i don't recall there being any support network at all there certainly weren't any podcasts like this there was there was it wasn't even a facebook group i mean now i'd see that people you know, there are men kind of sharing and talking. And I think one, I mean, what's, what I found incredible was like, I, I had like a sort of a, a monthly poker session, you know, a group of boys, you know, known each other for years, went to it. I think I spoke about the fact that I was trying for a baby and so I mentioned it. It wasn't until years later that I realised like two of the people in the poker group had, were also had infertility. 
and were going to IVF and they couldn't even talk about it to their mates. Isn't that funny, though, how, you know, now the times are changing a little bit, people are starting to share it. I mean, the statistics don't lie. One in four pregnancies end in the miscarriage. One in eight couples struggle with infertility. So the the statistics really don't lie. The guy to your left, the guy to your right, could be easily going through it. People need to just start talking about it. It's totally normal. It's nothing to be ashamed about. I know, but that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, that's a, the, you know, it's a slowly, slowly, isn't it? Every, you know, every time we do a thing like this, or I write an article, or someone buys my book, and you're slowly changing it. But it, it's because of this. I don't know, it's sort of wrapped up in masculinity, isn't it? It's like I am man, I have sex, I make babies, and then you know, you don't want to put your hand out and go. I can't make babies because somehow that means I'm no longer man. I, I don't know. It's, it's like, I mean, I, 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 I doubt it. And, you know, and I sort of question what, what am I if I can't make a kid? What kind of man am I? I mean, I, I was wrestling with all that. And I'm sure other people do. And so you don't want to express it. It's sort of seen as some sort of failure, isn't it? Whereas, you know, like, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I mean, it's antiquated, and yeah, yeah. Thank God that I think that is changing. And there's no shame in it, is it? Is it? For Christ's sake! But it just feels like the shame. Yeah, there's, and I don't, you know, like there's not a lot of sort of public figures coming out and talking about it. I think you know, Gordon Ramsay's come out and spoken about it, but he's one of you know very few people. You know, because like I say, there's loads of there's loads of female celebrities, and you hear about the IVF, blah blah blah. And, you, and like you say, like well, there must be at least the same amount of male <laughs> celebrities struggling, but it doesn't. It's not reported like that. How do we change that? How do we change that conversation and, and get males to talk about it? So that, I mean, just, just I mean, you can only do your bit. Like you're doing your bit, I'm doing my bit. You've just got to talk. You've just got to talk. You've just got to keep talking about it, writing things, get the, get the message out there. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I also think that in terms of the health professionals, they could help a bit. You know, to sort of acknowledge the fact that, you know, because that's probably part of it, you, because you go through this kind of process and there's no acknowledgement from any one professional that, you know, like you're suffering and that you've got psychological issues and you may well be you know depressed and blah 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 you know they just you know, you've got to go through them put on this kind of strong face for for your partner but maybe if there was more sort of recognition as couples were going through the process that it's okay to talk about it it's okay to have these kind of feelings here's a number for someone if either of you want to talk about it you know maybe that that would be good because it, it, it as you get, like, so as you're going through the process, it, it seems like, well, you know, like, who are you to even you know, raise a complaint? <laughs> You've got it easy. It's sort of the, the sort of the approach. But you have got it easy from a physical aspect. But you got, you know, I mean, you got the same emotional needs and problems. I don't know. I, but, but yet, guys are suffering in silence. Yeah, yeah, and there's suffering, and there's a suffering in silence is never a good thing, is it? I mean, it's never good. Bottling up your emotions is never good. It's, it really isn't. And so, so just being able to talk about it. To, to, I mean, you know, if, if someone's going to, I've, I've, I've gone to 
to panels and spoken at it, you know fertility shows. And you know, like I, I had an email from a man who said, like I couldn't come up to you afterwards because I was so ashamed. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm writing an email to you now. It's like for Christ's sake, we're in a we're in a, we're in a safe space. We're in a fertility conference. We're talking about infertility. You know, if you don't feel safe there, I mean, that's how that's how heavy the shame is. And it's not even just the shame. There's that guilt factor. I mean, so many guys yeah. I hear from. Tell me, I feel guilty about this. You know, like I'm making a go through this. You know, I have a low mortality rate. You know, I, there's so much guilt out there, but people have to realize there's nothing to feel guilty about it. It's completely natural. It happens. It's, it, it, it you know, it's, it's nothing to feel ashamed about, nothing to be embarrassed, nothing to feel guilty of. It's part of life. There are ups and there are downs. Yes, you have that struggle, but so does someone to your left and so does someone to your right. Exactly. Exactly. I know you, you were talking about that this is also about miscarriage. I mean, that's another thing, is it? Like, the blokes don't talk about miscarriage. I, I mean, I remember that there was a, a bloke in my poker group talking about, like, he had miscarriage before we were going to do all this. And him just saying, like, oh, my God, I wish someone had told me about what a miscarriage is. Or the, the fact that like, you know, it's quite common when you know, people get pregnant that they might have a miscarriage. I mean, that, that, that's never been spoken. Seems to be, that's not really talked about. And I mean, he's really suffered from that. And then we went through a miscarriage and that was awful, awful. You know, it's, it's, so you're not even prepared for it. No, I don't, even, I don't think, I don't remember going through any of the process with anyone saying to us, you know, well, you know, like the, the, the sort of stages that you might... You know, there's a, what is it, like that 30% chance you will get pregnant. So you think like 70% you won't get pregnant. But then you're going to, of that 30%, then probably there's quite a high chance that you, you, you're going to have a miscarriage. That wasn't even mentioned. And when it happened, it was like, oh my God. And it's not even that. People, people don't, you know, the statistics, yes, it can happen if you move through the process. But really, I think it stems down to education, right? Never growing up through through grade school or high school, when you talk about sex education, do they ever even bring up sex, you know, about, about people struggling to have children, IVF, miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth? I mean, none of this is, is ever talked about because I think they really want to have a positive mindset and, and not have people think about it. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They need. I mean, these things need to be spoken about. I mean, at least it's spoken about more. I mean, every generation they're a bit more open about their emotions and their feelings, aren't they? I mean, God, my my parents didn't speak about anything like this, um, and my daughter speaks about everything. You know, so I mean, thankfully it's moving in the right direction, but there's a long way to go. It definitely is. I mean, the more the younger generation, the more out there they are. You know, definitely like people by my, my parents' age when I brought this up, they were like, Yeah, I, I I went through this, but I didn't really talk about it. I brought it up inside and I, you know, and I moved on. I was told be the strong one. It didn't really phase me. But now as you see generations evolving, more and more people say it's like, wow, I wish this type of thing was around when I, we were going through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I almost wonder yeah. what's it gonna be like in the future with IVF? 
you know, and, and miscarriage? Are people going to be transformed to virtual reality where they're going to be able to see what's going on and have a virtual treatment and have it done in your own house in the comfort? You know, it, it, who knows what science is going to bring? Yeah, who knows? I mean, hope, hopefully the numbers will go up, you know, success rates. But there is a sort of, I, I, would, I was always sort of touched by um, one of the doctors I saw, you know, as a specialist and saying that we can do all this, we can do, you know, we can put the eggs in the sperm, we can do all this, we can clean them up, we can put, we can source the best egg, we can find the best sperm, we can put it in the perfect conditions. But it's, you know, but it was like, but you still need magic to happen. And I sort of thought that that was, sort of, that was beautiful in a way, that there is something beyond what science knows needs to happen, you know, whether that's luck or, you know, magic or, you know, if you're of a, of a religious persuasion, something else. But, um, yeah, you need that as well. <laughs> I, don't know if it's, uh, I don't think it's ever going to be 100% successful, but, you know, I hope it is. And you got to always go into it thinking you got to believe this will work eventually. You got to believe you got to have hope. Because yeah. if you don't do that. And but then it's you... the hope that kills you, though, isn't it, Daniel? Well, it's certainly was for me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, it's that. <laughs> that's what, because, yeah, of course, you've got to, you know, you've got, absolutely got to be positive and hope. And you've got to be positive for your, for your partner in particular, because the more relaxed and unstressed they are the 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 the, the, the higher the chances of success but it sounds like you know it's, it's blind it's blind faith isn't it like i said we said you know i would have been i would have i think we would have happily gone through the five years of pain if someone had said like you're going to go through five years of pain but at the end of it you're going to have a kid then you kind of go all right i'm prepared for that i'm psychologically prepared for it but it's that thing that like you're going through five years of pain and you might not have a kid. You know, statistically, you're probably not going to have a kid. And that's quite, that's quite painful. Painful, certainly for me. I mean, maybe as a, as a Brit who tends to see the negative side of life anyway, it's particularly hard. Um, you know, so it's a tight, it's a tight, tight sort of, you know, I don't know, it's just a journey that you have to go on. It's a really kind of quite hard I hear what you're saying, you know, especially doctors always told us, yeah, you will have a kid at some point. I can't tell you when it's going to be, but you're right. Hope does kill sometimes because trying to be optimistic and then boom, it fails. Like it hits you hard. It hits yeah. you hard. But and, then, and then, and then, you know, like just as you're going through it, there's like the front page news, some kind of celebrities had a baby or, and you go to a party and your mate just announces, hey, you know, we got, we're having a kid. We weren't, we weren't even trying. In fact, I'm a bit, you know, a bit fucked off about it. But anyway, you know, what can you do? And it's just like, what? And <laughs> talk about that being, and, and talk about that being a trigger for so many people. I mean, <laughs> to yeah. see that everywhere, like, people can just, yeah. yeah, you can just pop off and have, and have a kid like that. I mean, it's, it's nice for people. But at the same time, it's 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 a challenge. It is a challenge. I mean, but I, I, you know, I, I admit that that used to send me into depression. You know, there were, there were days. You know, I, I, I admit there was days when I wouldn't get out of bed when I heard news like that. And then, you know, you said we started turning down sort of dinner parties 
because you know there was going to be a couple there with a new kid or a pregnant person or someone who's probably going to announce their pregnancy. You know, but you just couldn't deal with it. You know, I, I, I couldn't personally deal with it. I couldn't sort of deal with the pain in my in my wife's eyes either. And so you do, you, you know, I put my hands up. I did get depressed. And, you know, it's all right to get depressed. And I think people can talk about that. How did you get out of that depression? I think I had, I, I, I had, a, well, my wife, my wife's incredibly supportive. So we, you know, we, we were sharing our pain together. My, my family, I used to speak to it all to my family and to a couple of, you know, trusted mates. So, you know, there were people to talk to, you know, to, to offload, you know, those sort of internalized feelings. I don't, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a bit cliche, isn't it? But it is good to talk. It's good to not just bottle it all up, to actually sort of let it all out occasionally. Did they know what to say? No. No. I mean, they said things that you wanted to punch me in the face for, you know, things like, oh, just relax. It's like, fuck's sake. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you know, you'll be all right. You'll have a kid. It's like, how do you know? But, but that aside, um, it was someone to talk to, you know, it was, it was, it was an excuse to externalise your feelings, I guess. I mean, people mean well, don't they? They say like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it happened. You know, like, just just take it easy, relax. It's like, how can you possibly relax? Don't think about it. How can you possibly not not think about it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the biggest thing in your life, and it has been for years. I mean... At least they were able to oh. listen. At least they were able to uh, listen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, did you did were you did you have that? I had people who I who I reached out to, but again, they didn't know really what to say. You know, I could vent, I could say, share what my thoughts are. You know, I know some people who had, who had gone through it, but same time, it's hard for them to really understand because. If you, especially everybody's experience is so different. And if you haven't gone through it and you really don't understand why it's a struggle and there's no education behind it, family, friends, they're great. But if you don't know what to say, it can be even more triggering. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, because also, you know, because I had things like, well, you know, why do you want to have a kid? Or, I wouldn't bother having a kid. My kids are bloody nightmares, you know, things like that. It's like, it was a lot, you know, it was a, quite a lot of lack of understanding about the, the, the desire to even have a child. Um, yeah, that's why, that's why we need, we need proper support groups, I think, for men when we go through this, you know, so, so that when, when you go through the process, so there are, there are num, you know, the, the the professional can kind of say, "Hey, if you want someone to speak to, here's a here's someone you who knows about this." It doesn't feel like that. that, that that's that's available. Absolutely. Getting back to your book, how do people get a copy yeah. of your book? Where is it available? How do, how do we get a? Copy? Oh, if you go on Amazon, if you go on Amazon and look for type in "My Little Soldiers," you can find it there. Um, uh, and I hope it's of use for people 
you know, it's, it's, it's got, it's, it's got, it's got lighter, the lighter side, you know, there, there are some kind of comic moments, anything to do with sex and sperm and stuff is bound to have some kind of comic moments. And that is what has got us through sometimes is sort of just laughing at the absurdity of the whole thing sometimes. But um, yeah, on, on, on Amazon type in minor which, soldiers. Which you absolutely need because without comedy, without laughter, it would be very challenging to get through it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to find. I remember, oh, gosh. You were talking about the injections. I have to go through the injections. And uh, I've got a... I've got a... I've got a fear of needles. So I, I actually... I mean, I'm, I'm so ashamed. But, I mean, it happened. It's just like when the doctor... I was explaining the, the IVS process and, and you will have to inject your wife every night. Like I pulled a whitey and I, I was about to kind of faint. I had to leave the, the room because <laughs> just the thought of having a needle, let alone having to do it, um, it was awful. And then I, I went through, um, but then I thought, well, that's ridiculous. You've got to sort yourself out. Going. So I went, I had to hit the therapy to cure my fear of needles. And then I had to spend two weeks injecting oranges in my <laughs> flat just to practice, you know, like what it might be like to inject into my wife's Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's quite, I mean, <laughs> that whole, um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about you, Daniel, but like that, that injection thing is pretty, pretty grim, isn't it? Because, I mean, it starts off all right, but then the amount of injections you have to do, and my, my poor, my poor wife's, us, you know, got very bruised. I remember I I used to have to go across her cheeks, prodding until you know, because she'd go ow, 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 and then we'd find a spot that was not sensitive, and then I'd mark it with a cross, and then that's where I'd inject into onto the cross. So she, she looked like this sort of got bizarre sort of pirate's treasure map. <laughs> oh my! My day, in my day, they moved on from that, and and you know we just injected into the stomach. We didn't have to go that way. Oh really? Ah, I don't know why we did the ass. I think it was. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'll get into trouble, but I, I think it's like you have to do the fleshiest part of the body. <laughs> Maybe my ass got my wife might have had a fat ass. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. I, I had yeah. heard that that's how they're done in the past, but our doctor was like, "You do it in the stomach," and I think that's how right. I think that's how it's trained nowadays. The nurses all train the people. Right. To do it. Yeah, yeah. Take, you're taking me back. It's like it's, 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 uh, oh, going back to some you know awful things. Yeah, just remembering the pain that we went through. Of course, you forget it all, don't you? When you when you when you come out the other side and it's successful. Sort of forget how much of a struggle it was. I know, I you know, but my, but my wife's um, my my child's old enough that we've told her that she is an IVF baby, and she's you know she's over the moon because she considers herself special and wonderful because <laughs> she's not, not she's not, not like a normal kid. She you know she's a science made <laughs> human. How did you how how did you tell her? How'd that conversation go? I 
think we just sort of sat, sat down and I said, I just want to tell you something really special about you. And then we sort of t- told the whole story about like, I know what it was motivated by because we'd had a massive argument, you know, as a family. And I think my daughter said, you hate me, you hate me, you didn't even want to have, have me or something. And then we have to sit down and go, look, we certainly, you know, we certainly don't hate you. And we can tell you why we don't hate you because we've spent five years trying to make you. And, and we sort of went through the whole process and we sort of explained it calmly and rationally. Uh, not really knowing how she would react to it. And she reacted very positively to it. And like I say, now it goes around telling everyone she's special. <laughs> so it worked to your advantage. You know, that should work yeah. Yeah. Got, a, yeah. got out of that know, argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got out of that went really well. Yeah. And also now she's like really into science, which is a good thing. Hey, maybe she should become a reproductive endocrinologist, become a doctor. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Never know. Glenn, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And uh, sure. to all our listeners out there, pick up a copy of Glenn's book, My Little Soldiers, on Amazon. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope if anybody has any questions, I can definitely get in touch with you, you know, about the book, about any IVF advice out of the UK, so forth. I'm sure, you know, you'd be more... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, in fact, they can, there's a website that I sort of... is uh, My Little Soldiers dot co dot uk and i think there's a contact form there i'm happy to to answer questions from anyone who wants to ask and um thanks for everything you're doing daniel you've just listened to another great episode of men talk with daniel landau if you've suffered from miscarriage infertility stillbirth or infant loss and want to open up about it reach out we'd love to have you on the show You can also join our Facebook group, or if you'd like to get involved and start a chapter in your neighborhood, visit our website, www.menshelpline.org today. Until next week, stay strong, and remember, you're not alone.